Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And so, uh, so I've really been praying. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just talk to you for just a few minutes because I, I want to share my heart with you. Uh, but uh, yesterday, I was I was praying and, and studying and and not really uh, focused on the direction that Holy Spirit led me. But as I was praying and studying, God began to deal with me about some issues that uh, and really impressed on me the responsibility that I have uh, that we have as pastors. Uh, to um, share our heart, uh, and I've I've really done everything I could possibly do to try to stay away from the political side of all this stuff that's going on. Uh, I've tried to stay away from getting in discussions to mask or not mask and and vaccinate or not vaccinate and all that stuff. Uh, because there's just so much uh, stuff going on and all that, so many different ideas and opinions. Uh, and But as I was praying uh, yesterday, the Lord began to deal with me about sharing uh, my heart, and he kind of did it in a, in, a, in a different way. But uh, first of all, I want to let you know that I'm not... Definitely, and I want you to understand that emphasis on this, that I am not condemning uh, either way. I'm not here to condemn. I'm here to share with you what I believe Holy Spirit has put on my heart to share. I'm not here to try to convince you to do something that perhaps you've not already done. I'm not trying to convince you uh, to, to change your, your ways and all that. Uh, there are those in this this uh, group, this camp, uh, or this situation that, that chooses to go a different route than others. But what's happened is it's become such a uh, political mess uh, that, that people are being uh, uh, ostracized by people or getting upset with other people. And to be honest with you, the body of Christ uh, Again, just like we did the first round, many people in the body of Christ have lost their focus, and so we need to come back to, to the right focus. And so I'm going to share this with you, and you know, you can take it or leave it, but I'm going to put it out there, and I want to share with you what Holy Spirit uh, placed on my heart about, and it's mainly to do... On, on the subject of the vaccine, uh, whether to vaccinate or not vaccinate. The choice, of course, is yours. Uh, but what I want to do this morning is I'm going to share with you from a pastor's heart. All right? And so, like I said, you can take it uh, for whatever you want uh, to do with it. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm responsible for what I share and I've spent much time in praying and seeking God on this. And so, um, so here we go. Uh, most, most all of you know, uh, Judy and myself both 
have taken the vaccine. Uh, we did that several, uh, a couple months ago. Uh, I did that uh, for, at first out of reluctance, uh, but I also, we also did it uh, on the advice of Judy's pulmonologist. Uh, and uh, she was told that it would be detrimental to her if she was ever to uh, pick up the virus again. So out of that, uh, we prayed about it and talked about it. We felt that it was uh, the responsible thing to do for us to take the vaccine. Uh, I've been told that we were faithless. I've been told that, that we should have walked by faith and um, a lot of other things that uh, we, we have been told that we should have done. But here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. People can say that, and I've watched this play out. People can say stuff like that, and I'm not upset about it. I'm not mad about it. Uh, I'm going to do what I feel God leading me to do, and, you know, you can do whatever. I'm not going to get mad at you because you disagree with me. And, but but here's, here's the thing. When, when these things, and, and I want to I let you know, I've got faith. I've walked by faith for 36 years in ministry. I, I've lived by faith. I've seen times when, when there was no, no earthly way out of situations, and God has come through. I've, I've seen God work miracles. I've watched him raise people up. I've watched him do things. I've watched him work miracles in my family, in my home. I understand about faith. I know about faith, and I walk by faith and not by sight. So, and that kind of leads into what I want to share with you this morning. But, but understand this. The choice is yours, all right? But I want to give you a little bit different perspective this morning on the subject of the vaccines. And again, I'm not trying to change your mind, but I am wanting you to see something perhaps different than, than you've seen. There's no question, there's no doubt, this is real. This virus is real. Those of you that have had it, been affected by it, you know it's real. It's, it's something that we've never experienced before. Hundreds of thousands of people have lost their life to this virus, whether it's man-made or not. And I uh, have my belief on that, but whether it's man-made or not, it is from the pits of hell. All right? There's no question about that. And so we understand that. We understand that there are a lot of things that's coming out of this virus that I believe Satan is using to, uh, to divide, to uh, crush, to hush up, uh, to silence the body of Christ. And so, so here's the thing that we need to understand, as, and I have come to the understanding as a pastor, that, that just because someone takes a vaccine doesn't mean that they're not walking in faith. All right? It doesn't mean that they don't have the same relationship with God that somebody else does. There was a man, and this is an old story, and probably most of you have heard it before, but, but you're about to hear it again. But there was a man, the story was told, and I don't even know who the author of this was, but 
this guy was stuck on the rooftop of his house during a flood. You probably heard it. He was on the rooftop. The flood had happened, and it had forced him to get up on the rooftop of his house, and he was praying to God for help. Soon a man in a rowboat came by, and the fellow shouted to the man on the roof, and he said, jump in. Get in the boat, and, and I can save you. The stranded fellow shouted back and said, no, it's okay. I'm praying to God, and I believe he's going to save me. So the rowboat went on. Then a motorboat came by. Same thing. The guy in the motorboat shouted to him and said, hey, uh, man, jump in and, and let me take you to safety. The man on the rooftop said, no, sir, I'm praying. I'm believing that God's going to take care of me, uh, and, and I'm fine. So the motorboat took off. The third thing, a helicopter flew by. The pilot of the helicopter looked down, saw the man on the rooftop, went back and, and hovered over him and said, hey, I'm going to throw a rope down to you, uh, grab a hold to it, and I'll pull you up and take you to safety. Again, the stranded man looked and said, that's fine, don't worry about it. I've been praying, I'm believing, and God's going to take care of me. So reluctantly, the man in the helicopter left and flew away. But after a little bit, the water began to rise more. The man on the rooftop was swept away. The end result was that he drowned uh, in the flood. He drowned, and the next thing we see him, he's in heaven, and he's standing before God. And he finally got his chance to discuss the situation with God because he was frustrated. So he looked at God and said, God, I had faith in you. I prayed and I asked you to help me. I needed saving and I asked you to help me. Why didn't you save me? Why didn't you, uh, why didn't you move on my prayer? And you let me drown. I don't understand why. To this, God replied and said, I sent you a rowboat, a motorboat, and a helicopter, but you refused to recognize them as opportunities for rescue. Now, the moral of that story is this, that God provided three opportunities for this man to be rescued. I don't know what he was looking for, Maybe he was believing that the flood was going to recede. Maybe he was believing that the flood would all of a sudden stop and the water would dry up and he would be able to climb down. I don't know what he was thinking, but I do know this, that the sovereignty of God in this story moved and sent this man three opportunities to be saved. He refused. Now, Put a, put a pin there. The vaccines. Under the leadership of President Trump, Operation Warp Speed was brought about through his administration. It was one of the most comprehensive uh, pulling together of medical science that we've ever experienced as a nation. And in a few months, a very short period of time, vaccines were created to deal with this virus. All right? Many people have said, well, I don't trust the vaccine. I don't know what's in it. I'm not going to take it. 
I'm not going to do this. I don't trust the government. I don't, I don't believe, I, you know, I just don't trust, so I'm not going to uh, do that. Here's what I feel Holy Spirit placed in my heart, and it's a what-if question. What if the vaccines were discovered in such a short period of time because of divine intervention? Have you ever thought about if the virus is man-made and it comes out of the pits of hell, it is meant by man to destroy other people, and it comes out of the pits of hell, have you ever thought about that perhaps God used the Trump administration, he's using the Biden administration now to distribute that, but God divinely stepped in and said, the devil has meant this to destroy, but I am going to give them a way out. Think about that, guys. Think about it. Because here's the deal. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens without it crossing the desk of heaven. All right? Christians have gotten so caught up in condemning the government, condemning uh, politicians and all that. But do you not understand that in Romans chapter 13, the Bible is very explicit where it says that we are to be subject to the powers that be? That doesn't mean that it leads me to be disobedient to God, but it does mean that I've got to honor those who are over me. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if we as Christians fail to honor those who have been placed in charge over us, then God cannot release His blessings on us. All right? So, it's really quiet in here. It's really quiet on live stream, too. I don't even hear any amens there. All right? But here's the thing. Don't allow what you see on Facebook and what you hear on the news to get your mind twisted up on what's going on. Because the truth is, no, I don't know what's in the vaccines. And no, it hasn't really had a lot of proving time. I understand that. But do you realize that when you get sick and go to the doctor, he gives you an antibiotic? Or he gives you a shot and he says, this should clear it up. Do you really know what's in that? Do you really know what has uh, come into that? More than that, when you leave here today, you're going to go home or you might go to a restaurant and sit down and eat a meal. Do you know what products have gone into that meal that you're eating? No, you don't. You don't. You see, the fact is, ladies and gentlemen, that you and I as Christians have to live by faith 25 hours a day. 
prayerfully, you will sit down at your table and eat a meal. And before you eat the meal, you will bow your heads and humbly give God thanks for the food that he's given you and ask him to bless it and sanctify it to meet the need of your body. But that's not only food. Every situation and every circumstance, things that go into your mouth, things that put, go on your skin, makeup that you put on your face, you need to say, God, bless this to be a blessing to my body. You see, but, but so many times we have gotten so caught up in this vaccine thing without recognizing that every day, every day, we are taking things into our bodies that we have no idea what's in it. We have no idea what kind of products, what kind of, what kind of hormones have gone into it and all that. So we have to live by faith every day. Again, taking the vaccine is not a lack of faith. It's your choice for sure. But can I tell you something? It is not about you. It is about those around you. It is about your children. It is about your family. All right? So, I've, I've given you that. Now I want to give you this, this other little word that I believe that perhaps will help you understand. And again, I'm not condemning. I'm just sharing. This is where I stand as a pastor. So if somebody says, well, how does your pastor stand on the vaccine? I believe in the vaccine. I believe it saves lives. That's the reason that me and my wife have taken it. But we many times have a propensity to miss things that God is doing. And we overlook it. We miss it for different reasons. And I was thinking about this yesterday because I really struggle with this, guys. You don't know how I've struggled with this because I know everybody's not going to agree and, and I know that I'm going to get some emails and some messages. I understand that. I don't have a problem with it. I know how to delete stuff and all that. And I know how to listen to people. And, and I'm, not, I'm not being smart or anything like that I know people are not going to agree with what I say but but somewhere listen as a leader a leader has to lead and that's what I'm doing whether you take it or not that's up to you I'm going to love you either way all right all right but but one of these things that that really God really began to deal with me about is that we need to be sensitive in the last days because things are going to come. Things are going to happen. There are things that are going to happen in the spirit realm as well as in the natural realm. And it's extremely important that we have the relationship with Holy Spirit that, that uh, we can walk with wisdom and understanding. But I want to give you an example. And I want to I emphasize it with this. You need a relationship with Holy Spirit. Not based upon what a group of people are saying, not even based upon what I'm saying. You need a relationship with Holy Spirit that, so that you can know 
that you're being led by the Spirit and not by the flesh. And, and here's the thing. Remember that along about the year 6 to 4 B.C., uh, Jesus was born. He was born in a manger, in a cow stall, in a small, insignificant place called Bethlehem. At the time of his birth, the world was in desperate need of a Savior, a Redeemer, and a Healer. God gave the gift of his Son to the world. Everybody agree with that? God gave his Son. John 3, 16. God gave his only Son uh, that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. The problem was, was this. That when Jesus was born, the majority of people that desperately needed a Savior, desperately needed a Redeemer and a Healer, did not recognize that He was born. They did not accept the fact that this is the Savior, the Son of God. Why? I believe, and you can see this in Isaiah 53 verses 1 through 3, because the Bible says that, that he came from humble beginnings. He had no look about him that caused people to desire him, and so they missed it. The reason they missed it was because he was not born like, didn't look like, didn't act like what their preconceived ideas of a Redeemer should be. You can see that in Isaiah 53, 4. So in that, many people missed the fact that this is my Redeemer. Many people missed the fact that this is Jesus because he didn't look like what they thought he should look like. He didn't fit the package that they had assumed that he was going to be. The reason I share that with you today is this. Think about Jonah. Jonah's on a boat. He gets thrown overboard. Of course, he was walking in disobedience to God. But he gets thrown overboard. He gets thrown overboard into a raging ocean in the middle of the storm. Jonah's flailing around in the middle of this storm. If it had been me, I would be saying, God, Send me a piece of driftwood. God, send me a, a life vest. Send me something, God, that I can hold on to in the middle of this storm. I would have never, ever said, God, send the whale. But in the sovereignty of God, God did something that was totally crazy, totally opposite, totally out of the ordinary to save anybody, he sent a whale. If we had the opportunity, and one day we will, to sit down with Jonah and hear the rest of the story, 
I can pretty much assure you that Jonah's going to say, I did everything I could to stay away from that fish. That thing tried to get me, and I would try to swim away from it, and every time I'd turn around, he was right there. I couldn't get away from it. But I believe that Jonah would say, but you know what? The very thing that I was running from was the very thing that God was wanting to use to prolong my life and my destiny. So here's the thing, guys, and I'll leave you with this. Think about it. Think about it. Think before you refuse. Think before you make decisions. Ask God what he wants you to do. And, I'm, and I know that you have. But maybe you've not looked at it from that perspective. That is the reason that I'm supportive of the vaccines because I believe they save lives. Not to mention getting very, very tired of having to comfort families that have lost loved ones daily this week, every day this week, I've had a call. So-and-so passed away. Every day this week. Not around here, in other areas. Are the vaccines the answer? No. But I believe they can help. I believe God is the answer. Okay? I put my faith in God. My source, the source of my life, the source of my hope, is not in a vaccine. It is not in anything that the government can do for me. My source of my help is in the Lord. The psalmist said in Psalm 122, I think it is, he said, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. But I believe that God sometimes gives us things and allows us to have things that will bless us and that will help us. So we go from there. So here's the thing. You've already got one message. That's pretty awesome, huh? All right. So And I messed it up on them. So here's the thing. I want to, <clears throat> I know today that there, there are many that are discouraged. I know that there are many people that are struggling. And, I, and, and I went outside yesterday and was just walking around and, and just just wept. I just just began to weep. And last night, about nine o'clock, I walked in the house. I was just struggling. I walked in the house and sat down. And I I I, I told Judy, I said, I don't think I've ever felt more hopeless than I felt at that moment. I mean, it was just 
almost immediately, just a hopeless feeling came over me. And, and almost immediately when that hopeless feeling came over me, I got a message on my phone that I had lost a good friend in Washington County to COVID. And I told you that, I said, I don't think I've ever felt so hopeless. And I said, I don't think I've ever felt at such a loss for words. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know. And, and I recognize now that it was just a spiritual attack that had come to attack me uh, because warfare is going to happen on Saturday nights. So, but in that, I, I, I went to bed like that because I was just so discouraged. But I got up this morning, and when I got up this morning, I, I began to get in the Word, and God began to encourage me through the Word. And so I want to encourage those of, that are listening this morning. And I want to just give you a word of encouragement today uh, that I believe uh, that will help you because it helped me. Uh, the first thing that, that we need to understand today that everything around us, material things around us, this earth is, is just temporary. The houses that we build, the cars that we drive, all those things are temporary. It's not going to last forever. In a moment, it's going to be gone, and it's going to be over with. But the reason that you and I believe so strongly in a God in heaven, and the reason that we put our faith and our hope so strongly in a man called Jesus Christ and the blood that he shed for us on the cross of Calvary is that we believe that after this life is over, there's coming one that is eternal, one that will not be able to be taken away. There was, there's coming a day, ladies and gentlemen, that the temporary is going to give way to the eternal. That is the reason that I love the Lord so much is because I know there's going to be a day when I'm going to have to lay down this temporary body but I'm going to be able to pick up one that is eternal. That's the reason that the Apostle Paul uh, said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 19 and 20, he said this, he said, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now, but now is Christ risen. And he's risen from the dead and he has become the first fruits of them that slept. That, ladies and gentlemen, in two short verses is the Christian's hope. I love living on this earth. I enjoy my family. I enjoy with my friends. I enjoy what God has called me to do. But I recognize that there's going to be a day that at the very best, all of that's going to vanish away. So what I want to do this morning is I want to encourage you ladies and gentlemen today as Christians to regain your focus. Realize that we're as Abraham, God said about Abraham, we're just passing through. 
We're, we're just walking through this. Uh, uh, this morning, one of the first words that came to me was in Psalm 23. Uh, one of our intercessors had sent it to Amber, and she sent it to me. And it talked about that, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And I, I read that this morning, and Holy Spirit spoke so strongly to me, and He said, Son, keep walking. Don't quit walking because the valley that you're in has not meant to you or for you to camp out in. He said, keep walking. So I encourage those of you this morning that you are down and out, discouraged, and you feel like that God has forgotten about you. Can I tell you today, first of all, keep walking. Because if you will keep walking by faith and not by sight, God is going to move on your behalf. Listen, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 13, uh, the Apostle Paul said this. He talked about, guys, he said, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant or be misunderstanding concerning them that are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. I want to tell you this morning, if you don't have hope, there is hope in Christ. But can I tell you today, you might put hope in the vaccine and say, that's going to be my Savior. But at the end of the day, that cannot be your Savior. Because He didn't create you. It didn't create you. It doesn't give you breath. Only Jesus can sustain that that He has created. And so Paul talked about those who have no hope. So I want to tell you this morning, if you're sitting and you're listening today and you have no hope, I want to ask you today, where is your relationship with Christ? There are those that have no hope this morning because you have no relationship with Christ. You have based all of your thinking and all of your, you put all your eggs in the basket of the world. But I want to encourage you today to recognize that true hope can only be found through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And Paul went on down to talk about, he said, because we don't, we don't worry and we don't sorrow like those who have no hope. We don't deal with our struggles like those that are not born again. We deal with our struggles in a different way. We deal with our struggles through faith and believing that God's going to move and God's going to work on our behalf. And I know you might say, well, pastor, if it's like that, then we don't need the vaccine. We don't need the help of the government. And I'm not going to go there. But here's the thing. The Lord dealt with me today to share with you, build your house in a manner that it will endure the storm. Because in Matthew chapter 7, beginning with verse 24, is a story that Jesus told and he gave the example of two men that built their house and one built on a rock and the other one built on the sand. They built the same house the same storm, the same wind, and all of that blew on the same house. 
Catch this. Just because one built his house on the rock, the rain, the wind, and the storm didn't look and say, well, that's unmovable, so there's no need me blowing on that house. There's no need the flood coming because it can't be moved. And he, he didn't say, well, I think because this guy over here built on the sand, I'll go and I can wipe him out. It didn't happen like that. The wind came and the rain came, the floods rose and all of that, and it came against the same two houses. Which lets us know that it doesn't matter how holy we are and how faithful to God we are, there's going to be some rain, there's going to be some wind, and there's going to be some floods that's going to come in our lives. The bottom line at the end of the day is this, what have you built your house on? The reality was that this was not natural houses, but Jesus was talking about spiritual houses. So I want to encourage you today and ask you the question, have you built your house on something that will endure the storm? Because whether this storm affects you or another, there will be a storm that will come against your life. But when you built upon the rock, which is Christ Jesus, and you built your life upon the firm foundation of, the, of, the, of a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about a name on a roll book somewhere. I'm not talking about because your mama and daddy said do it. I'm not talking about whether you read it on Facebook or not. I'm talking about you, sir and ma'am, get a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then when the storm comes, and it will come, then you will build and have built on something that will endure in the storm. I don't know what holds tomorrow, but I know who holds tomorrow. I don't know what's going to come my way tomorrow, but I know that when it does come, or if it does come, I know who's going to hold my hand. And I know today that there are many of you, many perhaps, that would not agree with what I'm saying. That's up to you. But I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, that we're living in the last days. And we're going to see more of junk that's going to come. We're going to see more things that the devil is going to throw everything in the kitchen sink at the church. And if the church doesn't recognize that we've got to have a firm foundation not built upon man not built upon what somebody else says but upon what the word of God says what does the word say what does the Bible say the Bible says when I walk through the valley he will be with me the Bible says that when I'm in the middle of the worst uh, things of my life that thy rod and thy staff will be with me and they will comfort me the Bible says when I have no rest in my spirit that he will lead me beside the green pastures and he will restore my soul it's not what I see on the outside it's not what I hear from other people it's what I get from the word of God so please understand, 
that I believe today that if God is doing anything in the body of Christ, He is drawing the eyes of the body of Christ back to Him and off the things of the world. He's causing us to realize that our hope cannot be built on a, on a denomination. Our hope cannot be based upon what somebody else said or what some prophet has prophesied, but our hope has got to be founded on the rock, Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. There is no other rock. There is no other God beside Him. Here's the thing, and I'm fixing to close. Build your house on something that will endure the storm. Number two, and maybe I should have said this first, number two, choose that which cannot be taken away from you. Choose that which cannot be taken away from you. One of the things that we've seen during the process of all this that we've been going through is that the security of our jobs, the security of our careers, and all those things can be gone. A phone call can say, we are no more. We've shut down. And all those things can be taken away. Choose what can't be taken away. In the story in Luke chapter 10 and verse 38, the Bible says that Jesus went into a certain village where a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister called Mary. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. But Martha, the Bible says, King James Version, that she was cumbered about. She was worried about all this stuff that's going on, about much serving. She came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled. In other words, thou art, you are anxious and disturbed about much serving, about many things. Verse 42, Jesus said, but one thing is needful. Sometimes when you find yourself in the middle of a battle, one thing. It's what we need. If you've ever been in a place in your life where you've gotten a bad report or maybe something has happened, did you notice that in the midst of those life and death situations, you wasn't worried about what color the house needed to be painted? You weren't worried about how dirty the car was. The only thing that you were worried about is, God, where are you? Amen? You see, and I believe that that's the message that Jesus wants us to get from this story. Is that Martha was worried about all this other stuff. While Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. 
And Jesus looked at Martha and he said, Honey, you are anxious and worried about all this stuff, about much serving. He said, While your sister is sitting over here at my feet listening to my word. He said, Understand this, Martha. There is one thing that you need. And that is why I stopped by your house today. I didn't come for a three-course meal, but I came here today to impart something to you. And Martha, one thing that you need, and that is needful, is that understand that I want to give you something that cannot be taken away. That meal that you're preparing, tomorrow it'll be forgotten about. But understand that when I sit at the feet of Jesus, I am getting something downloaded into my spirit that will take me past all the stuff that I'm dealing with in the natural. It will take me past all the burdens that I'm carrying. It will take me past all of the fears that I'm dealing with and the worries that I'm concerned about, about myself, my family, and my children. One thing, ladies and gentlemen, is needed today, and that is to sit at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, this problem is bigger than I am. This struggle is heavier than I can carry. But I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus, and I'm going to let you download something into my spirit that will cause me to rise up above all the junk and recognize that if God be for me, who can be against me? It doesn't matter what's coming my way because I know, I know that I know that I know that God is with me. So it's choosing something that cannot be taken away. Job chapter 13 and verse 15. Job was going through battles that many of us have not even imagined. He was going through the storm, struggling. Everything had been taken away from him. And one of Job's friends, I think it was Zophar, had been giving him some some advice off of Facebook. (laughs) Or Snapchat, or something like that. Maybe he had tweeted something that he was giving Job advice and saying this is what's going on in your life. To make a long story short, Job says, I understand what you're saying, but here's where I stand, and I believe that it's statements like this that become the turning points in the situations that we face. And the statement that Job made in Job 13 and verse 15, Job said this, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's a big deal when hell has marked you for destruction. 
That's a big deal when you're facing insurmountable odds. It's a big deal when you're looking at a mountain that's way bigger than you are and you have no way to move it and all of that. It's a big deal when you step back and say, hey, I understand what's going on around me and I see all the struggle, but it does not matter if God be for me, who can be against me? But though he slay me, I'm still going to trust him. Though tomorrow I find myself uh, sick or whatever, I'm still going to trust in God. Because I'm not serving God so that I can walk above everything else. I'm serving God because I had a sin problem. He redeemed me from that sin problem. And he told me if I would abide in him, that he would abide in me. He called me a branch of the vine. And I know that as long as I'm connected to the vine, I'm going to bear fruit like the vine did. Whether it's in the resurrection or whether it's tomorrow, uh, walking in miracles, signs and wonders, whatever it might be, God is on my side.